This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. And we are in our early October version of The Masculine Journey. That's pretty cool. It's fall. It is fall. Finally, it's fall. 90 all week, 70-something today. I mean, it's like fall's here now. And that's that's a good thing, you know, because when we live in that day-in, day-out heat and pressure and all that, boy, it just gets really weary. It makes you tired, Sam. You get broken. You get broken, exactly. Thank you. You picked up what I was throwing down there. You get a little broken, or at least you feel that way. And so you got this refreshing fall that comes along, and then you got a little bit of a reprieve for a little bit. And today we are going to be talking about brokenness. We're going to be talking about um, woundedness. You know, and, and, and it doesn't always have to be such a depressing thought, <laughs> actually. You know, it's, it's, it's hap- hard to say I'm happy about woundedness. It's only a flesh wound. It's only a flesh wound, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, this topic kind of builds on some of the stuff we've been talking about over the last few weeks. You know, last week, Robbie, we talked about keeping connected to God. Yeah. Right? And the importance of that. This week, you know, it's another way the enemy tries to get us separated from God. Darren, we were talking a little bit before the show, and that's always been the enemy's goal, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, ever, ever since God created man, I mean, the very first thing he did was he breathed life into man. So he, he puts part of himself into man, and then he immediately gives man a mate, and he says the two will become one. And so that oneness of a husband and a wife, the oneness of of relationship, both humanity and with the human and the divine, that's the thing that is attacked from the very beginning. And Satan's plan is no different. That's still what he's attacking today. And that's where most of our brokenness, quite frankly, comes from. It it doesn't usually come outside of a relationship. I mean, yeah, you might have a car wreck. You might get brain damaged. I, I know people, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things, and they would consider that brokenness. But if you ask the same guy that was in a car wreck that had brain damage – who also went through a horrible affair or a divorce or some sort of a, an addiction, I promise you the more broken thing that he would talk about or the place where he would say he felt more broken is not the brain damage. Right. It's it's the heart damage done through relationship. Absolutely, and that, you put that very well. And this all kind of came about, this topic, uh, I was riding along with my son Eli. We were coming back from uh, Caleb's football game couple weeks ago and we were playing random music selection we just kept hitting random on the rate on our uh, uh phones and so whatever came up we would just you know listen to and so it got kind of interesting and the song came on from Lifehouse, and it's called broken i'm gonna play you a little bit of a snippet from it but as it played I, i've known the song for several years i found myself getting very emotional again and i'm like really god why am i getting emotional over this and he's like because you still have stuff you need to deal with Right, And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we are again. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and play the clip from the song. And it talks about this, this feeling of brokenness and waiting on God. I'm falling apart. I'm 
I'm barely breathing with a broken heart that's still beating in the pain. There is healing in your name. I find meaning, so I'm holding so I played that song for you guys last week and this week, and so I don't think many of you had heard it before, had you? No, I never had. You no. know, but it's it's been pretty powerful, right? This whole topic of hanging on, holding for God, this brokenness that lives in us, and the problem is we try to we try to stay there much too long, right? And it does affect other relationships. And I don't do this often, but I do want to go to another clip because Robbie, I want you to talk about Robert. A little bit. So you want to set this yeah, up? That's from Everybody Loves Raymond. And, you know, you, when you think broken, there's a lot of brokenness in this because there's a young lady who eats a fly. I mean, for lack of a better situation that Raymond observes. And there Robert's, is no better situation. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that she, she is broken. But, the, and, and, you know, anybody that eats a fly clearly has issues. But that isn't the real issue that I see in the clip. It's that. Here's this guy that is, is so broken that he's immediately ready to distrust his brother's heart. His wife is ready to distrust his sanity. And, and there's just massive broken, not to mention the parents, which we could do ultimate shows on, the, on their brokenness. But, but nonetheless, you, you, you find Robert in this place of, you know, struggling like crazy against, you know, it's just like I've lost hope. It's, it's not going to work out for me. Robert, just relax. It'll be fine. Look, if Angela really is the one, she's going to have to meet your parents at some point. You might as well get it over with. Right, Ray? She's not the one. What? Listen. I saw something that I have to tell you because you have to know because I saw it. What are you talking about? What did you see, Ray? Angela ate the fly. What do you mean? The fly that was flying around. Angela killed it. It fell on the table. She put it in a napkin. And then she ate it! What the f are you doing, right? Yeah, man, what is your problem? I'm telling you, I saw that woman eat a fly. Oh, she did not. You must have seen something else. Well, what then? What? What did I see? No, 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 no. Maybe it was a crouton or something. A flying crouton? Are you drunk? Look, I'm trying to help him. How is this supposed to help me, Raymond? I'm doing what any brother would do. If you see Deborah eat a fly, I want you to tell me right away. She did not eat a fly. Yes, she did. No, she... Now, just a second, Raymond, because what I think you're really saying is, uh-oh, Robert found someone special, someone who's so great that she actually may be the one. But because you're such a sniveling little insecure man, you'll do anything to keep me from having what you have. She ate a fly. <laughs> Goodbye, Raymond. Robert! 
So, Robbie, you know, we were talking earlier about this. This is just like the tip of an iceberg. There's a lot going on with Robert in this whole series. And and I think people like this show so much. I know, Jim, you weren't the biggest fan of it. Uh, it was probably not your favorite show. Robert's the only one on the show I actually liked. Yeah. And now I hear he's the broken one. So. Well, no, I think what, what people really related to, they were all broken. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that's why people liked that show so much is they could identify with a character, whether it was Raymond, Deborah, Frank. You know, any of them. Well, you can clearly see what Darren was explaining, that yeah. the Satan's, you know, attack was going to be to split them up. And so, you know, where's where's Robert headed? Goodbye, Raymond. You know, you, you know he's going out of, you know, I don't trust you, and we're going to break the relationship, <clears throat> and somehow or another that's going to solve things. And, you know, the scary part of that is how many times have I done that with God? <laughs> well, I see what's going on here. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's sad. So as we, we talk about this topic of brokenness, okay, and we were talking a little bit last week, but what are, what are those things that you find yourself broken over, right? Because it, sometimes it's about you, and sometimes it's not always about you, but they all kind of hurt. You know, for me, you know, there's a lot of times my kids, what they're going through, what life choices they're making, what situations they find themselves in. You know, being a parent as the kids get older, we talk, I talked a little bit about it last week on the show, but I find myself being in a position of feeling very helpless at times. You know, and that's a different type of brokenness than I've experienced in the past. What about for you guys? Uh, for me, it's it's not so much others, it, and, and it's usually not even the things that have happened to me externally. It's I think the 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 shame that i have and the the things that i have the most difficulty with in the brokenness is is the stuff that i'm reminded that i did that i'm responsible for um and you know i can't tell you all that stuff number one the mics would break the the whole <laughs> computer system would crash the podcast would fail i mean you know truth network did not exist anymore if i told you all the brokenness that i have in my life there's no way in the world we could put it all in one show and if we did then you know there wouldn't be a show anymore that's the way i feel right mm-hmm. and and there's probably some truth to that um thankfully there are some folks in my life that I can be that real and that honest with, but it's still scary, mm-hmm. and and I I probably still don't say everything. Ultimately, God and you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit, are those that I can go to. Unfortunately, I'm so ashamed often that I don't even want to go there. Right, right, and so we have our own things that we carry. There are things that do happen to us as well. Right? There's some wounds that you've taken along the way that make it hard to move past. Either you haven't forgiven the person, maybe you haven't forgiven yourself, maybe you haven't forgiven God. I know we've talked about that. You shouldn't have to forgive God. I don't mean God deserves our forgiveness. I mean we put blame unjustly on him. Right, And until we can move to a correct way of seeing that, we do blame God, whether we want to admit it or not. And so you may find ourselves in that situation. My biggest wound really is self-inflicted. And it and it is, I, I'm with Darren on the fact that it bothers me more to hurt others than it does to be hurt. But when I, and I 
make a long story short, but I wrote a dedication to an officer that was killed in the line of duty, you know, 30-some years ago. And at the day after he was murdered and three days after my twins were born, I nearly shot a guy fleeing from me in the back. Before that, I didn't think I had that in me. And when I knew I could, it was, you know, you're you're evil, you're broken, mm-hmm. you're bad. And, I mean, that was a life changer. Absolutely. It's, speaking, thank you, Jim, speaking of life changers, we have an opportunity for a great life changer coming up in November, November 7th through 10th. We have the boot camp coming up. And, Robbie, when we come back, I want to get your perspective on this topic and boot camps. Oh, of course. Because it is a game changer. What God does at those boot camps. So go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register now. We'd love to see you there, and we'd love to see what God has to do while you're there, for you, for your heart, and for those in your life. Robbie Dillmore here, and the Truth Network podcasts have helped make my pillow the company it is today. And now Mike Lindell, who, by the way, I've met and is a great guy, the inventor and CEO of my pillow, wants to give back to our listeners. For the first time, you can get deep discounts on all my pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Who never thought that my dream job would be selling my pillows? <laughs> Maybe you're getting tired of these sleeping jokes, but you can get deep discounts on my pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, the body pillow is regularly $89.99, but with a promo code GETTRUTH, it's only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code GETTRUTH or call 800-942-9613 for these great radio specials. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. What God does at Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. When I first got here, I was kind of closed off. Didn't really want to talk to anybody because I thought it was stupid. I didn't believe. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like each person who spoke kind of chipped away at this feeling I was having and chipped away at this mask I was hiding behind. I've never heard anybody speak about God and Jesus and the way we're supposed to feel like you guys have this weekend. Coming November 7th through the 10th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. I'm falling apart I'm barely breathing With a broken heart That's still beating In the pain I know we played that clip a little bit ago, but I wanted to bring it back and talk a little bit more about this brokenness. And and Jim, I wanted to ask you a question. You made the the um, kind of the joke. It's just a flesh wound, <laughs> right? But that's really kind yeah. of what we do with our woundedness, isn't it? We the mortal wounds. We say, "Oh, it's not serious. It's just a flesh wound," and then 
we do the reverse as well. Oh, this this is going to kill me when it's really just a bump in the road. Right. You know, and we, we, we live our life at times like an ostrich. You know, if I can just stick my head in the sand and just bury it deep enough, it's not going to affect me. But that's not really what happens. I want to go ahead and go to a clip, and then I want to come back and get your perspective, Robbie. I think if we ask around the room what people's interpretation or ask the audience out there of Walt Disney, you'd think he was probably a pretty happy guy. No, oh, yeah. You, you'd have to think that. Look, look at all those <clears throat> movies, right? I mean, they're all got happy to them and a lot of singing and all that kind of stuff I don't do. And But, you know, you would think that he's probably a happy guy. But when you watch the, the movie Saving Mr. Banks, which is a story about Mary Poppins and really um, Mrs. Travers, the one that wrote it, you get a glimpse of Walt's life. And Walt had his own brokenness. And when we pick up the story, Walt's talking with Mrs. Travers, who's struggling to share the story of Miss, uh, Mary Poppins, you know, with everybody. She wants to keep it to herself. And, and Walt's telling her a little bit of his story. And where he picks up, he asks her the question, have you ever been to Kansas City? Because that's where he grew up. And kind of listen to where this conversation goes. You ever been to Kansas City, Miss Travers? You know Missouri at all? I can't say I do. Well, it's mighty cold there in the winters. Bitter cold. And my dad, Elias Disney, he owned a newspaper delivery route there, a thousand papers, twice daily, a morning and an evening edition. And dad was a tough businessman. He was a save a penny anywhere you can type of fella, so he wouldn't employ delivery boys. No, no, no. He used me and my big brother Roy. I was, uh, I was eight back then just eight years old and like I said the winters are harsh and old Elias well he didn't believe in new shoes until the old ones were worn through and honestly Mr. Travers the snowdrift sometimes they were up over my head and we'd push through that snow like it was molasses cold and wet seeping through our clothes and our shoes skin peeling from our faces sometimes I'd find myself sunk down in that snow just waking up because must have passed out or something i don't know and then well it was time for school and i was too cold or wet to figure out equations and things and well then it was right back out in the snow again to get home just before dark mother would feed us dinner and then it was time to go right back out and do it again for the evening edition you best be quick there walt you better Get those newspapers up on that porch and under that storm door. Pop's going to lose his temper again and show you the buckle end of his belt, boy. Now, I don't, I don't tell you this to make you sad, Mrs. Travers. I don't. I love my life. I think it's a miracle. I love my dad. He was a, he was a wonderful man. But rare is the day when I don't think about that eight-year-old boy delivering newspapers in the snow. And old Elias Disney with that strap in his fist. And I am just so tired. Mr. Travers. Okay, I have to admit, not the most uplifting (laughs) 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 uplifting clip we've ever used, but it's pretty much to the point. You know, Darren, is there any, you know, Walt wants to believe that he, it doesn't affect him anymore. 
but he tells the story. Isn't it obvious he still lives there? Yeah, and the reason he's telling the story is because he realizes this Miss Travers is still living in her childhood, that she's scared to death that people are going to take advantage of her, not tell her story as accurately as as she wants it told, um, and that it would somehow or another um, make light of the, the struggle and the pain that she grew up in. And so what what Walt is telling her is, I, I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. I, I'm broken too. We all are. And that part of what we do here at Walt Disney is we help people get past their brokenness um, by telling some of these stories and and allowing these stories to, to move people past that brokenness, which is – you know, Robbie, you talked about that. It, you know, that a lot of times we become Christians and we magically think that everything is taken care of at that point. I mean, we get our Christian card, and you know, it's, it's all about joy. Yeah, and it's you know, and and those things. But yeah, when we were talking before the show, and I asked you the question, well, what do you want people to really kind of take away? What I would love for them to take away is that I I. You know, 12 years ago when I went to the first boot camp, I had no concept of the healing that was available to me in Christ through going in to these wounds and, and dealing with it. And the boot camp experience is an opportunity to, you know, hear somebody's story like what Walt Disney is doing right here, only you're going to hear... An, another man's story that's going to trigger things and there's movie clips that are going to trigger things that are going to awaken you to oh my goodness i've got this too and you know then there's the opportunity to to keep be built back up in christ but it, it but there's hard work that has to be done inside of those layers of forgiveness of yourself forgiveness of others and like you talked about forgiveness of of where i've got god in that my my hope yeah a line in the song is there's where there's pain, there's healing. And if you don't have pain, if you don't have wounds, you'll never know the joy and peace that does come from the healing that comes from our Father. Yeah, there are so many times that we think that salvation is the end of the story. Salvation was the beginning yeah. of our Christian walk. It was an amazing beginning. Don't get me wrong. I mean, reconciled us with the Father, all those things. It's pretty pretty amazing in itself. But there was so much more that God has to offer that Jesus said, no, I'm still here. You know, Darren, he wants to step in and work on those wounds with you, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, just Robbie's story and what you just said reminded me of something I haven't thought of in years. But when I was a, a baby preacher, um, way back in Lubbock, Texas, was literally still in seminary. And uh, I don't even know if I'd, you know, really preached my first sermon yet. But my grandmother called me one day and said, can you drive up about an hour north of Lubbock, Texas, and do some counseling with your cousin and her husband? Because they're about ready to kill each other. And uh, literally and figuratively. And... I was like, uh, 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 you know, and I, so I went to one of my professors who was also a marriage counselor, and I said, Jim, is there any way you could help me through this? And he said, yeah, yeah, let's go up there together and let's talk to him. And so while we were on our way up, he said, uh, so are they are they Christians? And I said, I, I really I really don't know, Jim. I, I 
you know granny taught me and i'm sure she's you know taught them too but i I just don't know and he said well that's where we got to start because there's a lot more available to a christian to get over the brokenness to get through the the heartache and the pain that's causing the brokenness in their marriage and so if we can get them there then we can then work on the brokenness that's killing the marriage and it was kind of the first realization for me at that point, and I, and I probably couldn't have articulated it like you did earlier, Robbie, that, you know, I thought becoming a Christian fixed everything, but obviously it doesn't because you know Christians. If you're listening right now, you know Christians whose marriages are still broke. You know Christians who still have broken relationships with their sons or their fathers or their mothers or brothers or sisters or their friends you know, pastors who have very broken relationships around them. And so there is something more available in this life. You know, it's, it, it isn't just all unicorns and rainbows once you become a Christian. I mean, it, obviously, once you become a Christian, you realize rainbows have a whole different meaning and unicorns <laughs> aren't even real. But there is that issue that, you know, okay, so you've become a Christian. I've been able to give you my Holy Spirit. Now I'm getting my word in you. So now let's work on that broken heart. Absolutely. And it's when that spirit's in you that he can get in and start doing that digging and doing that prompting and doing that that thing that, that makes you break down and want to cry when you hear a song that you've known for 20 years or 10 years, right? <laughs> it's like, I know this song. I know every word. Why is it bothering me? Because the Holy Spirit's in there going, okay, there's still more I want to do here, right? There's still more you got to turn over to Jesus. From my story earlier, uh, that brokenness was what part of what showed me I needed a Savior. I'd been in church all my life, but I didn't realize, you know, I thought I was a pretty good guy, and I was going to get into heaven on, on my good deeds. And God showed me through that and other things that, I really was broken, but that's where the healing comes from, is from realizing that, going to him, and going to the only source that's truly going to heal us. You know, thank you, Jim. And as I was listening to that clip the other day from uh, Saving Mr. Banks, I left that part at the end where he just says, Mrs. Travers, I'm tired. Because the problem is when we don't take our brokenness to God, when we don't say, okay, I'm going to walk through the pain, I'm going to walk through the shame, I'm going to take it to that place I really don't feel like going to at the moment or whatever's keeping you from going there. When we live there, we try to live out of our own power. And we do that, we just get wore down, right? And, and we know where that path leads. At least for me, it does. When I feel wore down, I, I, I make some really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, and most people I know do. David did. And David mm-hmm. wanted to rest. Well, and the other you know? you know, challenge for me personally is, are you willing to admit it? Because when you sent me the song, I'm like, oh, man, Debbie Downer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I texted you back, yeah, but I don't, I, I don't want to admit that I find myself there a lot. And, you know, that's part of recognizing the pain in order to, you know, go after the cure and, and admit to yourself that, hey, I, I'm not Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky all the time. No, you know, in our only path, the only path to life, the only path to healing is to take it through God. Mm-hmm. And the enemy knows that, and so he does everything he can to keep us separated from that. And the problem is we can know it in our head, but we fight it in our heart. And unfortunately, we have the Holy Spirit there saying, no, I got your back. And I'm going to take you 
to that place where you know that you got to give it to Him. And that's my challenge for each of us this week is take that brokenness and say, God, where is it I need to bring it to you? Where do I need to leave it at your feet? Where do I need to work deeper on this? Let Him work in your heart. And then go register for a boot camp because we'd love to see you there. (laughs) MaskandJourneyRadio.org. See you next week.